Hey there, welcome to the Night Force Action Report. It's episode number 130 for Tuesday, January 28th, 2020 from HorribleNight.com. I am your host, Justin Lacey, here to run through what's had our attention in the video game industry for the past week with, as always, my co-host, Ryan Billingsley. As always, it's a pleasure to be here. Was that the smoothest intro we've done in like 20 episodes or what? Oh, we're, like, we're like two or pros now. Yeah. <laughs> I was, we've been thrown off the last couple of months, but... Getting into the groove, we've actually uh, we've got a pretty pretty normal show. I mean, we've kind of you know done a little uh, existential topics about games of the year and games of the decade lately, but we're gonna dig into the news today and uh, dive into everybody's hot topic right now of gaming on Macintoshes. Man, it's it's the all the rage. <laughs> the people love it. Uh, we'll see how triggering it actually ends up being before we. Uh, <laughs> get into the topics what else has been going on ryan well i've become my father um I've, i completed that transformation by watching all four rounds of the farmer's insurance open at tory pines in beautiful la jolla <laughs> california i feel like i'm there um all four rounds i've huh? actually been there because okay. i have uh, relatives that live around there it's actually really pretty but yes i watched like you don't just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're supposed to, you're supposed to just like watch half of Saturday and then watch I know Sunday. You're only supposed to watch the weekend, um, but it's kind of one of those things where like I can have it on in the background while I'm doing work. Okay, sure. And so it's so I didn't actually watch any of them live. I watched Thursdays on Friday and etc. 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 And then yeah, to the I point actually, where I knew you were watching it, and then I posted a clip of tiger's ridiculous shot that bounced out of the cup but then after i posted i was like oh, is this a spoiler because i knew you were like watching it on delay by it had like just happened <laughs> like right right like right after you right after i saw it then they posted it but uh and then they proceeded to show like 18 replays it, it's the it's the craziest thing i've seen in golf in a while um yeah if you haven't seen that I'm, go go look up a clip really quick and it's like a magic trick but um, all, right. all right, so we're into the 2020 PGA Tour season. So yeah. just make your picks right right now. All four majors go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I couldn't even... I mean, if I had, if like, gun to my head, I would probably put money on on Rory pulling something off because mm-hmm. um, he was... He was driving the ball like crazy. Um, he has just... He has just has, like, one of those, like... One of those swings that you just can't even imagine how it's possible. He swings so hard, and yet when he finishes, he's perfectly in balance like a statue. It's it's mesmerizing to watch. But he played really well. Um, but actually, in the in the final round, there was a great um, like one of those good golf tension moments. Like sometimes, like the leader just runs away with it, and you know the final round is actually kind of pretty boring, and mm-hmm. you're just not really into it. But um, John Rahm who is from Spain, um, he won his first championship or his first round of the, the tour um, at the Farmers Insurance Open. Uh, and he won it by sinking a 60-yard eagle putt on 18. Damn. And it was pretty epic. And so he gets to the, he gets to the 18th and hits a great drive, hits a great second shot, birdies the hole to bring him within two. 
hits his drive off of 18. Sorry, that was on 17. Gets mm-hmm. to 18, hits his drive. His second shot, no joke, landed about three feet away from where his 60-yard shot ended up in 2017. <laughs> so he had essentially the same putt for Eagle to force a playoff. And yeah. he pulled he pulled it left. Which is yeah, yeah, you don't, you don't make that twice in a row. Lightning doesn't strike twice there, no. folks. But, but yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, yeah, super surreal. Like people who are commentating now were the people that were playing when my dad watched it when I was a kid. So it's like they're all names I know, but like they're all a lot older now. Yeah. And, so I talk about yeah. Nick, Nick Faldo and all that. Faldo um, is doing commentary, and um, this is the first year for Davis Love the third. He's doing. Uh, he's like following the players around on the course, doing that kind of uh, commentary. The other thing that was, um, <laughs> I, I like, I generally don't like sports commentators. Just, mm. just period. Like you're my my good friend John and I used to make fun of baseball commentators all the time because you're just like talking to fill space and mm-hmm. like ninety percent of it is pure nonsense and doesn't mean anything. And there was a point. Uh, on Sunday where they knew that Tiger's caddy knew the news about Kobe. And so then they just assumed that he would tell Tiger as if he's the worst caddy in professional golf because any caddy would know. You tell somebody who is a diehard Lakers fan who knows Kobe personally that when they're on like the fourth hole, Mm -hmm. like that would ruin the rest of his day. Um, so he, he, they have a shot of him telling him as they're walking off the 18th, yeah. um, which was crazy. Um, so that kind of hung over the whole final round too, um, which was, was sad. And, uh, cause Torrey Pines is about 150 miles South of, of where the accident happened. So they were kind of feeling it there. So that was kind of weird too, yeah, it, but it, it definitely overshadowed a lot of sports on, on Sunday. And it was interesting yeah. to see for lack of a better term, some of the sports improvise around it, like all the, all Mm -hmm. the tributes during the, the basketball games. And I guess even some of the European soccer leagues were doing stuff like it's, uh, he's a, he's a global individual. Super sad. Um, yeah, for sure. I'll be curious on back to golf. Uh, I, so I used to watch a lot of golf, play a lot of golf 15, 20 years ago and was really familiar with the players of that era. Mm hmm. Uh, my dad's still super into golf and I've been to a couple of the, when the PGA tour comes to Indiana, which yeah. doesn't happen that often, I'll, I'll usually go with him for a day, but like, I just, I haven't been able to stay up with the, the current crop of players. So I'll be curious mm-hmm. to see like, you know, after three, six months, who's really standing out to you. So which we'll, we'll follow up on that. Yep. Um, you know, a, as we do, let's just, just keep focusing on a specific audience that have nothing to do with video games. So we've got golf covered. (laughs) Uh, It's time for our quarterly visit back to pro wrestling because uh, Cole and I don't do that podcast anymore. And it was the Royal Rumble this weekend. Oh, wow. And it was the best Royal Rumble, at least last five years, if not 10 years. Like it's like at least my favorite since I got back into wrestling. Uh, Wow. Yeah. So it was, it was super entertaining. Uh, mainly because um, the 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 main event or the the men's Royal Rumble started off really gross, like where you just don't know what they're doing because um, right now uh, Brock Lesnar is the champion again. He's been the champion for a while, and this thing with the Royal Rumble, you know, is it's thirty thirty people. They enter every ninety seconds. The last man standing, uh, he gets to pick which 
championship title he wants to go after at WrestleMania. Well, mm-hmm. you know, the story with Brock leading into this was no one's worthy of challenging him, and he just wants to prove that he's better than everyone. So he decided to enter the Royal Rumble as the first entrant. And so Royal Rumble spoilers, uh, he ran through thirteen the first 13 people. He, he, he tied the Royal Rumble record uh, for eliminations. Uh, and so they're just setting up to be this dominant thing. And you're just, you're just wondering, like, are we going to, do we have to go back to this like thing where Brock is untouchable? Like I've, we've been through this road three or four times the last uh. decade. Um, but they ended up turning it into a story of the guy that ends up eliminating him in the middle, like ends up winning the whole thing. And he's legit. Like one of the first, like WrestleMania main eventers, like new names into the WrestleMania main event in the last five or six years. So it's like, you're going to have a fresh face in the WrestleMania main event. And that's kind of what WWE needs. It's been real stale for the past year. So, uh, that was really a fun ride. From I like it when I s- just really doubt everything that WWE is doing, and then they turn on that and then give you a good ending. And that's nice. kind of what the Rumble delivered on. So, so is he going for Brock's belt? Like, is that the championship yeah, that he yeah, wants? Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, because it because oh, it also just sets up that story of he eliminated Brock, so Brock's pissed at him. So of course, right. he, and he wants to prove it wasn't a fluke. So, yeah. So I think they're gonna do that, and then they're probably gonna do so. Bray Wyatt's like, you know, hellish clown character. The fiend is still the other champion. So he'll, he'll have some match probably with Roman reigns if I had to guess. But, um, but yeah, it's setting up for, for a fun mania. That's like Royal rumble kicks off the road to WrestleMania. So you just have an idea of what the stories might be. Uh, so I liked, liked everything here. There had the, the other like major moment was, um, I don't remember. Do you know who edge is? No. Uh, he was, popular wrestler uh you know at uh, the turn of the tw- the 21st century uh <laughs> had a good run from uh late 90s and uh early 2000s but he had to retire because he ended up having like triple uh some sort of fu- neck fusion tr- f- surgery for like three vertebrae and they said Jeez. basically like if you wrestle again you might die but I don't know. Uh, he came back last night after nine years. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors around it, but it was uh, everybody was super excited to see him. It was just one of those like he he is a great performer, but almost kind of lost it when they when he did his entrance and like was definitely overwhelmed by the crowd and so happy to be back that he almost like you could tell he almost like broke down like but then he stayed in character and had a had a real fun performance. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I haven't liked wrestling in the last three or four months, so this was a nice, unexpected, uh, fun evening. So so what do you have? Do you have SummerSlam? Is that the next one? No. So they'll do one more in between here and WrestleMania. There's there's just one oh, kind of... okay. There's kind of a throwaway monthly pay-per-view. I, f- it'll, I forget what they end up calling it. And then WrestleMania is in April in, ta- oh, okay. in Tampa. So um, they... Uh, They'll do that, and then yeah, and then SummerSlam is like August. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so those are the those are the other two big ones, but nice. should should be interesting. Should be at least worth keeping tabs on, and uh, I might actually throw a WrestleMania party this year because I didn't last Sweet. year. Because yeah, it was a it was a down year. Maybe we're on the way the way up because Vince is distracted with the XFL, so other people oh, are running right. the show. He was, he was giving that another go. Yeah, we'll have an XFL cast later. No. <laughs> All right, uh, what's going on around Horrible Night? We 
are in the final week of January. That is the final week for the Grimmies. This is the week where we reveal some top 10 lists. We just wrapped up our Games of the Year interviews. And then uh, middle of the week, you'll get the uh, podcast dump of of the deliberations for the Grimmies. And then on Friday, we're going to reveal the winners of the Grimmies. So, um, wrapping up our 10th annual games of the year celebration. It's been, it's been a ride. It's been fun. Very uh, fun. Um, and then we've got, we've been having uh whole night game nights every Thursday on Twitch TV slash horrible night. Got back into monster hunter, which we'll talk about. So probably some more of that this week. If I don't think any of the multiplayer games pop up, but we tried, uh, uh we tried something new last week. Mm-hmm. We did uh killer queen. Uh, what'd, you, what'd you think? I, I I like that there was more depth and strategy to it than like at, at first glance. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely wish there was a way to do smaller local like or private matches just sure. to kind of get your feet wet on some of those because we kind of just jumped into it and we're like seeing people execute strategies and stuff <laughs> that we were not at all prepared for. Um, but no, I think it's I think it's got some good um, some good depth to it. I just think they have a they have a population problem, which is unfortunate. But so they're ge- I was reading up; they're gearing up for their first season, their first competitive season. So they've been kind of polishing stuff up. Um, okay, and they're going to have a new map and um, some some seasonal content there. So hopefully that breathes some life back into it. Because nice, I think it was a little bit of what they need is they definitely crossplay because yeah. yeah, that should help the population. Um, uh, especially if they want to really do focus on the four v four online, but I don't know. Yeah. I I really I want to go play the arcade version now. Get get eight <laughs> dudes and make it happen. Yeah, but that'd be crazy. Yeah, that was cool. So yeah, if something else pops up. We'll uh, be experimenting there, but might be Monster Hunter for the next couple weeks with some Rocket League sprinkled in, and who knows, uh, who knows what else. So that takes us to game time. Talk about other stuff we've been playing. I kind of just teased it, but Ryan, you want to talk a little bit about the return of Monster Hunter? Yeah, it's that time of year. Uh, at post Grimmies is Monster Hunter time. Um, no, I think um, you were definitely the uh, the the impetus for returning to it this year because um, you kind of jumped on Iceborne as soon as that came out and we're excited about it. And I just thought, uh, like, I like that game every time I go back to it. I can never, like, it's usually something comes out that is like an anticipated, like, first quarter uh, kind of game that will throw me off and I'll go play that and just kind of forget to ever come back to it. Um, but we don't really have anything super pressing until like March-ish, right. I want to say. Um so I was like, yeah, we got time and, and we can jump into it. And um, I was really skeptical that we were going to get to the end of the normal game stuff to get to Iceborne. And it turns out that our fears of them not giving us a way to power through this stuff were misguided because they definitely did. I mean, excuse us for doubting Capcom for including like quality of life stuff, but... That's true. It's yeah, not I- what they're known for, but... Um, yeah, they so there's some there's some OP armor and some op, and OP weapons and you can just muscle your way through all of those story fights uh in the first game uh which I have done now. Mm-hmm. Um and it was actually it was actually a fun way to get back into it um cuz I I was just worried about like 
that's a hard grind to have to do over again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing a new grind. Um, but I, I was not like looking forward to grinding some of those, those, uh, wyverns that we, we had a tough time against, um, yeah. late monster hunter. Uh, also there is a new grappling hook and it's probably my favorite new addition <laughs> to that game. I like the strategy around it too. It's so fun to just like, especially if a monster is fleeing on you and you just desperation shoot that thing at their tail and just get in those last couple of hits on them. It feels really good. I mean, um, b- before that, like the, it was so hard for anyone not using that, uh, bug pole vault stick weapon that Coop likes to, to mount, to mount. them monsters. Yeah. And it's so fun to to jump on them uh, oh, and yeah. it just that gives you another another way to ride them is, is super super cool they had a nice there's also i don't know if you've done it yet but if you grapple onto the side of their face and then you have um slinger ammo yeah you can you like shoot it into their head and if they're next to a wall or something they'll smash into the wall and get like knocked down yeah. I, they they just added some cool stuff um to make what is already the best monster hunting combat out there mm-hmm. like somehow even more fun specifically um the the weapon that i play which is the charge blade they added a new move oh, um neat. which is really really cool it's basically like if you do a regular slash and then hit um on ps4 it's circle in a direction it's kind of like a moving slash so that you can like maneuver around or move or maneuver towards a monster if they might like moved out of your attack radius um, which just kind of like adds to like this nice like fluidity to combat that I really like how they do that. So that's been super fun. I'm really enjoying it. It's just it's it's fun to peel back the layers, but it's also it's hard to watch someone like on the outside because while we were playing, JB was trying to get into it, and the game just it's got you've got to dig into it for a few hours for anything clicks and uh it's really hard to also play through story content together so there wasn't a way for us to help him and yeah it was painful they really got to fix that like both just the amount of nonsense you have to go through in the intro Mm -hmm. before you get into the loop but yeah the story thing in particular makes no sense like just let people be in a party and do all of this stuff together and like if i choose to skip a cutscene, right. just make me wait just say waiting for other players <laughs> and then sync us all back up and drop us into a fight like i just this problem has been solved and yeah. it's i don't know like that that's always the thing about monster hunter is like the combat is so good the weapon systems are so good the grind is actually really good when you're grinding for a reason, like when mm-hmm. you have a goal that you want to achieve. That's really good. But the menus and the multiplayer systems are just like 15 years old. Like they just don't make any sense in a modern era. But you you work around that and find find fun. Yeah, beautiful moments of ancient Ath just slamming uh jagras around doing doing pro wrestling moves on that i don't know if dauntless can ever replicate i mean because i honestly think that is one of the crown jewels of monster hunter world is monster on monster wrestling that you just get to sit back and watch and it's just like wow he is really kicking the shit out of this guy this is great I had a Diablos roll up on a Pookie today and just lay into him. And <laughs> this isn't even fair. <laughs> Especially when when 
you know, you remember the days of actually kind of being nervous around Pookie and oh yeah, like the the smaller monsters, and then seeing what the bigger monsters can actually do. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah super surprised we got into that, and glad that it's sticking. And we'll see if uh, Iceborne's got any legs w- with us, or we've got any legs for Iceborne. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked a little bit uh, last week about rearranging the house. I cleared off some space to do VR in the basement, and everything was good. Um, I started playing um, this racquetball game. It's called Racket NX. Uh, it's basically like, it reminds me of like a Tron mini game, but it just hmm. puts you in this dome, like in the middle of this bubble. And then there's there's basically just like hexagonal tiles or grids on the walls that will light up with targets. And so you're just going to hit this ball and try to just whip it around this dome. Uh, if you hit it really hard, it'll roll on the walls and that kind of stuff. And there's a, you can hold another button to like, pull the ball towards you but just like i don't know i was i cleared off this wall in front of me and then i knew the other like uh spot i needed to hit was behind me so i just kind of waited for the ball and kind of just angled my my paddle like over my head so it would ricochet off me and go backwards and then i got to turn like playing in full 360 is was super fun it's just like Mm -hmm. it's why the quest works without wires uh the problem was yeah i cleared off a bunch of space that because i just hadn't had much room to do VR, but I, <laughs> I cleared it off underneath this like low, low hanging underpass on my in my <laughs> basement, and I slammed my like I did one overhead shot and slammed the controller into the ceiling, and it like disconnected the controller. Everything was fine, but it was like, oh yeah, this whole VR thing. So I did, I had to shift over a little bit and have a little less space than I thought. Um, and then the other new game that I tried is uh, Pistol Whip, which has been kind of making the rounds a little bit, and it's. It's it's just a shooting gallery, but it's like they put you on a put you on a track, uh, just so you're always moving forward. It's got like really good music, and the enemies are basically spawning from the left and the right and running out in front of you, kind of like kind of like if you put um, super hot on a on a track and it and didn't doing the slowdown stuff, but it's just shooting galleries. These these really stylized characters come out, and you're just shooting them, and then the goal they'll shoot back, and you have to basically I finally learned because it only tracks your headset. You just have to dodge the bullets with from your, just make sure they don't hit your head. Okay. Uh, and then if, uh, you know, if enemies get close, you can pistol whip them, but it has a, it has a really good rhythm to it. And so it's like, like you just kind of find yourself like bobbing and weaving to, to the music. And that's kind of what they're intending. And it's, but the, the shooting feels really good. Cause there's, there's a lot of like auto aim with it, but it feels good and doesn't feel cheap. Uh, so, um, and then I, then the next day I realized apparently I need to stretch before I play that game because I'm kind of in like a squatting position just to like move around real quick and just dodge around yeah. things and yeah uh, I wasn't prepared to do squats that day apparently. So. <laughs> but, That's uh, awesome. I'm uh, trying out a handful of those to try to get them into an exercise routine because I think this between like pistol whip and beat saber and that racquetball game and then my ring fit on the switch I think I can get like a five or six game rotation that I kind of want to build an exercise schedule around on the days that I can't run and just, you know, get in there and, you know, do something for 30 minutes a day. Um, let's see how that goes. I have, um, this is, this is only tangentially related to that, but I, I did want to bring it up. I have a friend, uh, we were friends in high school, um, played tons of games. He was the, I think I've talked about before, but we would go over to his house and do land parties and stuff like that and play Counter-Strike. And he lives in Los Angeles now. So he's, he's 
far away from me, but he'll he'll randomly text me sometimes. And he was asking me about Alex, the the Half Life VR uh yeah. new entry. So apparently I didn't know this, but they've said that it is Half Life Two length and is meant to be uh, like another continuation of the franchise like it's not just like some great side thing and so he was like you know what do you think about that and i was like go listen to this episode of night force action report where i rant about it and how mad it makes me um he's a big vr proponent he's Mm -hmm. he really loves his quests and he was like you know yeah i'm gonna play it on my quest i'm gonna use the cable the tethered tethered cable mode to do it i'm like okay that's cool i was like i still don't see this selling a valve index unless you were already like in the market and he was like oh are you gonna get vr this year and i'm like no it's a new console year like i'm i'm budgeting money so that i can buy a ps5 you know in mm-hmm. n- november or december and he's like no you should do vr and i'm like i just i don't i'm not as bullish on it as as you apparently are but because it was a very interesting conversation to have because even half-life phallics isn't going anywhere it'll still be there next yeah that's true the yep. next year and who knows if there's another game well he started talking about them resurrecting like they're gonna do uh counter-strike vr and maybe they'll do like half-life one and two remaked in vr and i'm just like i don't i don't see valve doing that but right i didn't we'll see, see them doing this yeah so we'll see i mean it's just it needs a couple big ones and i'm, I'm you know hopefully that you know our conversation after alex comes out chain is completely different but um, I'm, I'm always open for that yeah like that's a I'll, that'd be a nice summer problem to have <laughs> yes absolutely i need an index Fra- phrase i won't say um because yeah, no. i need a new computer that'd be like the next part <laughs> all right it, obviously we've got ideas of of things to improve in the industry but as far as things that stood out uh in the past week um i jokingly posted this first one um that I got real sad because Disney hasn't been treat, treating my little mobile game very nicely. Uh-oh. Uh, the little, my little Marvel mobile, mobile game. Um, they're kind of doing away with that studio and I don't know what the future will be. It sounds like that game is safe, but I don't know what that means. Um, you know, Avengers got delayed. Uh, EA's, you know, made half the star Wars games. They probably should have at this point. I don't even know what Disney is doing with the rest of like Disney proper properties uh, and they're probably on mobile, but uh, and then, then this rumor starts up today, Ryan, uh, of course it, it like, this is like easy pickings for EA to drum up some positive hope and test the waters for bringing back Knights of the old Republic. Um, mm. But, but what it says to me is Disney, I just want Disney to have a video game plan. It's, they seem all over the place. And it's why I don't trust them to like do something, you know. Right. Pers- who is the Kathleen? Like who is the Kathleen Kennedy of the game side? Yeah. Of of the who is the Kevin Feige of of Disney gaming? Because it does not feel like they have somebody who is who is running the show, and it it's definitely hurt them in the past to say, "Well, we trust you, EA, to do this," and then EA just stumbles all over themselves and they're like okay we do not trust you ea yeah. to do this so we're gonna have to like tighten the reins on you now and start you know making sure that there's controls and things in place um because you know that's a that's a that's an awful lot of trust you're putting with a franchise that's worth billions and billions of dollars um to have it just 
flounder on what is one of the biggest entertainment industries that is out there so i was gonna say like ea deserves some of this blame and confusion because you know if star wars had been you know on a better on a better path we might be as worried about this stuff but like you know just i there has to be more marvel experiences uh that i could be enjoying and obviously more star wars experiences um and i know disney's been talking about uh the old republic potentially even on the movie there's side of star wars yeah there's yeah. a script written for it and i thought that's where we were going i don't know if i want this version of ea taking another swing at knights of the old republic well yeah i mean it's it's a very early rumor sure. but like of course the questions that ran through my mind are like are you going to give this to bioware who isn't BioWare? just is coming <laughs> off a huge loss you know just the biggest l that you can post with anthem um you know are you gonna are you gonna really hand off you know what would be a very high profile game to to reboot that franchise that you know Mm -hmm. people who who played kotor love love those games like they are just you know they're they're during that heyday of when bioware really knew what they were doing um and it's just a really good unique video game star wars story like there aren't a lot of those like most of the time it's you know something's feeding off of the movies in some way or another like like they're always um running adjacent or you know alongside of whatever's happening with the movies if not a direct movie you know pulling stuff out of them and so um the whole old republic was so cool because like when kotor came out like that was that was like some expanded universe stuff but like it existed in video games in its primary form that was like what people knew it from um and so like the the rumor is that they are going to take kotor one and two and do a mashup of those kind of to do either a remake or a sequel to those two um which is just a really bizarre thing i I, like just just do a sequel like don't mess with what was good like don't do a remake of those that i just think that's a terrible idea um but it makes me extremely nervous because i really really love that game like that game is at least top 10 for me um just it's something i've played many times it's it's one of my favorite rpgs like i just really love that game and so it's it's you know it's I trust Respawn to do good things, but I don't know who's going to make this game. And I don't think it would be Respawn. It doesn't seem up their alley. Um, right. So, and yeah. I don't I don't know how they get their RPG house in order because, yeah, KOTOR was kind of the real reawakening for me and my love of RPGs. Uh, and But, yeah, you can't just easily combine KOTOR 1 and 2. Like, that's like obsidian is obsidian for a reason and they do their own thing and you can't just mimic them let alone like just try to if you pull the best of both it's gonna end up being being a mess and i just i don't i don't know like they i mean they're not gonna do an rpg in any other timeline for star wars is the the other thing but um, for sure man i just i wish i mean also that game just needs to be modernized a lot like Mm -hmm. Like, I really think you need to rethink the whole combat system because while it worked really well back in the early 2000s, um, we got three Mass Effect games that built off of that thing. Right. Like, things have come a long way. Yeah. Um, 
And that's going to be hard like to, to pull that off and make it feel really good, especially after Respawn did such a good job with their lightsaber combat in the Fallen Order. Um, yeah. I just, I, I just wish... I know they, they tried and failed with bringing a bunch of uh, studios in-house at Disney, but I, I just wish they would go that route again. I wish they would find some... You know, like you said, they're Kathleen Turner, not Kathleen Turner, Kathleen Kennedy, of <laughs> uh, to to kind of set in motion a vision for how games would work with all that, all those properties. Because I think it could be a like, a wonderful des- destination for developers and storytellers, and uh, ex- like a reason to get excited about games and these uh, properties mean, going forward. Yeah, certainly for those two franchises in particular, because like you said, like why aren't we playing more? marvel games like why was it spider-man and then this avengers game which i have Mm. zero hope for like i like i my expectations for that game are so unbelievably low that you know if it just works when i boot it up i'll probably be a little bit happy um it's not at all what i was hoping for when they announced that they're going to be making an avengers game so you know you've got that whole that whole aspect but you know like it's like they did the Iron Man VR thing, and it's like that's fine, but like, why? Why isn't there a AAA Iron Man game? Like, yeah, like I, I just I don't understand that. So just like have have an executive producer who's in charge of Marvel gaming, and then have an executive producer who's in charge of Star Wars gaming, and make sure that that is run in a similar fashion to the movie side of things, so that there's a cohesive vision for how all of these things fit together as. I mean, like, how cool would it be if there was like an, you know, an MGU, like the Marvel Gaming Universe, <laughs> yeah, and like sure. all of these games that just work in and out of each other, like that would be so cool. And it takes somebody directing that ship to achieve something like that, and they don't have that right now. I mean, if they had that internal person that is working with those outside studios, but I just, I don't know, the money Disney's pulling in, I just feel like a couple studios are just waiting to be formed underneath that, and we could get yeah. excited about this stuff, but. Yep. Um, usually I keep this to industry news, but uh, this has changed the games and, uh, we're having an interesting, uh, discussion in our Nintendo switch channel and Slack. And, uh, it's been a pretty safe place, uh, for celebrating a Nintendo gaming and the next big Nintendo game mm-hmm. is animal crossing. And, yeah. Uh, you've made me aware that it might not be welcome in that channel. And uh, I kind of laughed just because I, I'm anxious. <laughs> I'm anxious to see um, if your daughters can sway your opinion on Animal Crossing. Maybe just being indoctr- indoctrinated by having that thing around uh, all the time uh, it's over been the around. <laughs> I mean, they've been playing Pocket Camp nonstop since it came out. And, I mean, I, I dropped off a of Pocket Camp, so... There are better Animal Crossing experiences, but I don't know. Like uh, I'm coming off a Grimmies where we're just not seeing eye to eye on the fun of Nintendo, uh, and I I'm curious, like, what would Animal Crossing need to do, like, for you to kind of give it the bit of a doubt and maybe and maybe dive in? I mean, I, I like short of people saying this could possibly be Game of the Year, <laughs> like it's that good, like. That's just like your the article that you posted. So the article in question <laughs> was basically like people who are playing like here's a calendar uh-huh. for you to keep track of people in the game's birthdays uh-huh. so that you can make sure that you celebrate with them. Uh-huh. 
And what I and you were very nice to me during the Grimmies. And so I just I didn't respond to that. I was just like, you guys okay. might want to get your own chant. Like just because I don't want to I know you guys are excited about it and I don't want to be a downer about it. But like my initial thought was I don't want to do that with the people in my real life. Why the <laughs> fuck would I do that for a video game? Uh, that sounds horrible. That better. does not sound fun. They can be better friends, but it's uh, the same reason why I didn't get into that side of Stardew Valley and I bounced off of that game pretty hard. It's just like I have a hard enough time just being a good friend, a good dad, a good husband in real life. I do not need to maintain video game relationships like that is just not for me. Is there any not my happy place? I mean, we both play a, a good number of idle games, especially over the years where the game is just full of repetitive daily tasks and chores. I'm trying yeah. to think of, is there anything outside of that where you, you do like kind of a, I don't know, daily quest loop that actually is interesting to you? No, not really. Okay. I mean, yeah. like I'm not even good at doing dailies in the division too. Sure. And that might actually be something I would be sort of interested in, but it's just not like, like when something becomes a literal chore for me, that is like the second it stops becoming really fun. And then, so, you, so you don't want to do a game that's based entirely around that? <laughs> no. No, that sounds like some sort of hell that is imposed on me. Okay. Well, I, I'm trying to... Because I, I, I know, you know, with with some of the games that we like, it's not like... It's not a cuteness factor that, like, puts you off of any of this stuff. Like, you're, you're willing no. to give the styles a try, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep Animal Crossing a, a safe and happy place for, for <laughs> both sides. Um, Good. Our featured topic tonight, uh, which I'm calling Talking Retreat of the safe Mac. safe and happy place. <laughs> um, you know, our beloved Rocket League had some updated news uh, in the past week. Uh, first, uh, last week, they just announced that uh, going forward, they're going to stop support of the Mac and Linux versions of Rocket League. They provided uh, some additional details this week, just explaining why it's mainly that they're upgrading to DirectX 11 and Mac stopped supporting supporting that. Like they they can't support their DirectX 9 uh, version of Rocket League with the the vision they have for the future, which raises a bunch of other questions for me. Um, but um, at least they they did say today that they're going to offer refunds for the people for uh owners of the mac and linux versions uh which was not the case last week it was very much like this is just the cold future of video games like at some point your game's going to stop being supported and uh they wouldn't be able to, basically it was going to remove online support for rocket league you could play it locally but that yeah game that's was, right. the game was done and i feel like this might have um I don't know, get, giving you some flashbacks to some some other Mac gaming experiences. Uh, what's your initial reaction to their their announcement, though? Um, at first, I was I was sad because um, there's always kind of been like these like these rebels out there. Um, Blizzard is probably the most famous one of just somebody within that company for the longest time championed Mac gaming. And so, like, World of Warcraft was was out on mm-hmm. Mac. Warcraft 3 was out on Mac. Diablo 2 and 3 both got Mac releases. So, like, they just always were, like, there on those systems. Um, and it was cool that Psionics was also a part of that rank. Like, I just I always appreciated the fact that you could basically play Rocket League on almost anything except for mobile. Um, 
which was always really impressive. And I like that about the game. Like I like that I could like recommend it to anybody and they're like, well, can I play it on this? And like the answer was yes, sure. Like you play on whatever you want. It might not be as good as, you know, other choices, but yes, you can. Um, and so I was bummed for those people, especially because it was basically like bricking their copy of Rocket League like, yeah. that they paid money for. And that's never a good feeling. Um, you know, there is no, I think sometimes people think that there's like an implicit contract of like, well, I paid for this game, so it should keep working. And like, that's not how gaming works these days. Yeah. Um, especially these like, you know, Rocket League is a service-based game that doesn't charge a subscription fee. They, you know, they recoup their money through, um, now it's through credits. It used to be loot boxes, but, um, you know, so like they have ongoing costs to like maintain servers and stuff like that. And so like, they're always looking at, are we making money, mm-hmm. you know, where, from, yeah. where do from we where time this is at? Yeah. Um, so when I when I read the article and I read their response and they said that Mac and Linux was like 0.3% of the population, I'm like, as a software engineer, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, they're the person who's using some obscure old version of a browser and I don't want to support it anymore because it's, I have to like have a separate branch that mm-hmm. I have to do updates to both things and it becomes a nightmare. And like, so like as a, as a software engineer, I got it. Like it totally made sense to me. Um the whole DirectX thing is is always been weird because I don't, I don't know how in the weeds we want to get about this, but Mac has been moving towards this um, architecture that's called Metal that mm-hmm. is kind of trying to do some of the same thing that DirectX does for the Windows side. It's basically like an intermediary in between writing like like um raw code to run on gpus like it's basically like here's like an abstraction layer that'll make it a little bit easier to create your rendering pipelines and things like that and has optimizations in it that you can take advantage of out of the box that make this whole process a lot easier because having to write all this stuff from scratch would be a nightmare so here here is our version of that i mean Um, we've we've just kind of arrived in this cross the beginnings of like this this cross play platform agnostic era of gaming do we really have room for mac to kind of just do their own separate thing well so so metal functions in like a couple of different like so metal's sole purpose is not just for gaming Mm. it's any hardware acceleration that you want to do in any app across their both of their platforms or all three now so if you're writing ios apps if you're writing ipad apps if you're writing mac apps they can all take advantage of metal that will then use the the gpus that are associated with each of those different platforms and so it it makes sense for them across their their lineup to say you know, if you're doing AR stuff, you can leverage metal to do mm-hmm. renderings. And so like mm-hmm. in that regard, it makes sense. And there's no way to port DirectX into iOS. Like that just would never happen in a million years. Sure. They would never sure. do it. So they were going to do this no matter what. Um. So in that regard, like, yeah, I understand why they've done what they've done. I think. So there's a couple of things. The the first is that Apple itself has been kind of hostile to gaming for years now. Like they have just never like 
only only recently on iOS where gaming represents a, like a huge sure. disproportionate amount of money that trans you know that takes place on the App Store. Only recently have they decided to actually give a crap about what's happening on that platform and put out Apple Arcade and and some of those other initiatives and work with developers. Let me interrupt with like basically my history of Mac gaming other than stuff in my computer labs growing up like I felt like they wanted to compete up until about the point when you know Bungie moved Halo to <laughs> to Xbox and at that point I felt like that was a kind of a hard break of like the future of Mac gaming is no longer trying to compete at that level and yeah. you know it it kind of went on but like really the next big point was iOS and mobile gaming and that's when you could actually match up Apple and uh Apple in games again. But since then, like if it's not on a mobile device or on, or on their other devices, like, you know, looking at, uh, Apple TV, like that's, Mm -hmm. that's the old, that's the, the level they're expecting out of their games. But what surprised me recently was you've been having issues with your PC laptop and we're trying to find a way to get back to, (laughs) uh, a MacBook. And, um, so I, I guess I wasn't sure if, you know, with the rise of Apple Arcade and, I don't know, Apple kind of entering a new era, if if gaming on the level that we're seeing with consoles and PCs right now was in the equation for them. I don't, not for the Mac. I don't think that's, I, I think it's because they went through, so back when I was in college, they went through a weird transition where um, for the longest time, Macs were based on this platform called PowerPC. And so they ran different processors than their Windows counterparts, which were all using Intel-based architectures, x86. I'm sure you've seen that before. And then that later became x64. But so they were running on a different architecture. And then around that time, um, this would have been like mid-2000s, I think, they switched back to Intel processors because mm. the the power piece, they're the only ones that are using these power PC, okay. PC processors and they're getting really expensive and Intel was killing it. Um, it was, you know, their lines were really taking off. So they switched over and it, it created this huge nightmare for anybody who developed on the platform because you either were, you had power PC software that you had to somehow make work with the Intel processors now. So then it was like, you'd like go to download software and there'd be like three versions. There's like the power PC version, Intel only or a universal binary, which basically packaged both of them together. And it was a huge pain in the butt. And Apple's response to everybody was just like, well, just, just do it. Like just deal with it. And when they decided to go all 64 bit apps uh, a couple years ago, it was the same response of like, just deal with it. (laughs) And, um, there's been a rumor for the longest time, um, that they have been prototyping or at least like really working on trying to develop a version of Mac OS that runs off of arc processors, which are basically what are in all the phones and iPads and, mm-hmm. uh, Apple TVs, um, so that they can unify all of their operating system code so that it's all running off the same chipset and get away from Intel processors again, which would then cause <laughs> another rift. <laughs> and it's going to be another situation of, you know, just deal with it. Um, but but, but that, at that point, though, they still have their entire, like, iOS 
game library. Like they have a, yeah. they have a, you know, well, they, they have recently, a catalog. They recently introduced something for Mac OS um, that lets iOS developers like basically wrap their iOS apps into a form that works on Macs. So it's like they're, they're very strongly hinting towards this is the future mm. that they're going to. But one of the things that clearly isn't going to be a part of that equation are any of the modern GPU chipsets hmm. like AMD and NVIDIA, you know, like they're making their stuff so that it works with motherboards that are based on Intel's chipset or AMD's chipset. But either way, it's built on X64. Um, you know, like that's the system. That's what they're building this stuff off of. And if they suddenly switch this out, basically the the assumption is that Apple is going to introduce their own bespoke GPU, which they've done in their mobile mm-hmm. devices. And it'll run off of that stuff. And they'll leverage metal for all that. But because they've been so hostile to gaming, if they do that switch, then it's going to be like, well, you can play all of your iOS games on your computer. And it's like, no, I want to play those on my mobile device. Yeah. I want to play big, you know, full screen experiences, like AAA experiences on my computer that I paid a a crap ton of money for. And I don't want to be isolated while doing it or pay extra for it or pay it twice or. Yeah. They're going to create this kind of, you know, they're always been anti walled garden, but they have their walled garden. And, uh, yeah, it's just kind of in this conversation, we're just realizing like, you know, their priorities are the other screens. Like I don't see the vision and the plan for their desktops and for their laptops and gaming at that level uh, tied to those devices. And it's just like, it just surprises me that they don't place their bets on gaming when that drives a lot of that app store and, uh, kind of brought them into the fold for a lot of new users. Uh, as their mobile devices took off. Yeah. They're just really, I, I don't know. I don't know what their aversion. I mean, famously Steve jobs was not big on games. He just didn't really believe in them that much mm-hmm. and thought that he believed that the Mac was more for, um, like upper level productivity, video editing, audio editing, yeah. graphic design. Like, like that's where he saw Apple's place in the world and, and kind of always, that was where their focus kind of was for their desktops and laptops. Like they were supposed to be like, you buy this thing and you know, it's going to run well and it's going to run those apps really well. And it's going to be really powerful. And like for a while that was the case. Now they've had just the most mediocre run of laptops. Mm. Um, They're finally starting to fix that problem. But you know, it's just gaming has never been a part of that. Um, And I don't, I don't see it on desktop ever being a part of that. And like you mentioned, you know, towards the top of this thing with the streaming stuff, there is a better chance that we see Apple like it won't it won't be with um, it'd be more likely with Microsoft than it would be with Stadia because sure. they hate Google the passion. <laughs> but uh, Microsoft, they're OK with they've done partnerships with them in the past and, and they Just kind of have X- a good X cloud on some. Some yeah, I mean, like, I could totally see them saying, like, and, you know, you can run xCloud on this thing and it'll run great, runs like a dream, and, like, just outsource <laughs> that part of it because yeah. they know, A, they're not going to compete with a, with a Windows PC, a Windows gaming PC. They're mm-hmm. just never going to compete with it because they don't care, and that's not where they're putting their effort yeah. towards. Um, and, and, B, that's an easy win for them because they can just say, like, yeah, you know, like, everything works with this thing. It works I great. Mean- it runs great. And 
you don't have to worry about it and we don't have to worry about gaming so it's a win-win i mean they they're the devices that each of those companies are good at complement each other yeah like there's there's that'd be yeah that'd be if that's where we're headed that is that is wild <laughs> yeah i mean that's the thing that makes the most sense to me because apple getting into gaming especially on the desktop level i just yeah. don't ever see happening yeah. so well that was an interesting uh yeah dive into the state of mac gaming as ever since you kind of said that you were looking at a way to you know uh to get I another gave up mac. that dream by the oh. way oh. that so. dream only comes to me when i have to do a lot of development work gotcha. because the development world is so unix based and it's so it's it's just so brutal on windows sometimes that it always kind of triggers at me which i use a unix computer for work so that's when it always spins up but yeah. now i'm more like no i need to get a ps5 this year and then probably new pc next year yeah, that, that was just sticking to my head and it made me wonder like am i missing something about mac gaming and then psionic says nah you're not we're we're moving on 0.3 percent. <laughs> it's pretty pretty bad all right what's going on good on games right now um i got a big kick out of i know we're not really tightly following apex legends but i we're i supporters sure we but i believe I'm only, in the mission i'm i'm interested in how these ongoing games these games as platforms all their seasons how do they just keep headlines or, or generate new headlines or get people's attention because it's it's tough it's just like we're inundated with content and like you're kind of into the game that you're into so for another one to kind of show up on your radar um is surprising and also like Fortnite's pulling out all the marketing tricks they're doing all they're they're doing the weird shit they're getting all the attention for Apex, uh, they finally kind of had a little moment uh, today that I really enjoyed because last week they announced a new character leading up to the new season of Apex Legends. Uh, what was his name? It's not Stray Forge. Forge, who was for as diverse and dynamic as that so cast of characters. Generic. Yeah, he was super generic and like. But some people were excited to have a beefy boy on the on the on the roster. That was kind of the the positive side of it. And I didn't think anything of it when they announced. I was like, sure, here's an, another another character. And so they, you know, as as they you know, Overwatch has kind of done. They do their kind of character intro videos, and apparently he dies in the intro video and He's assassinated. <laughs> He's assassinated by this mystery character, Revenant, that has been hinted at for a long time. So this might be how they're actually debuting Revenant, Revenant is by killing a character before it exists. And like nobody saw it coming. And I just thought it was a really creative twist. And uh, yeah, that, that kind of made my day. I, I, you, I mean, you'll be able to comment on this um, and tell me if I'm way off base. But I just feel like all of these companies need to start going out and poaching uh wrestling writers because that is basically where <laughs> oh, yeah. we're headed oh yeah like when i when i read this story i'm just like man this is like this is just some really good like wrestling right like that's what kind of stuff you need of like you got well, how can we throw twists and turns in there mm -hmm. that get people's attention because just introducing a character i'm like oh they've got a, they've got a nice no, backstory they're a diverse character okay that's great checking off all the boxes <laughs> yeah, you got to do some weird stuff now. Like, and they like, like they a couple seasons down the road, Forge needs to be brought back oh, yeah. from the dead. Because why like, not? Un yeah, <laughs> like that's the kind of stuff that you need to start thinking about there's to make it super weird. Because there's already that small subset that was like actually really looking forward to 
playing as Forge, and now they they got that ripped away from them. So, so I'm ready for them to be complaining tomorrow. But like, uh, I don't know. I just like being which surprised. also works. Yes, yeah, they can do anything. You got to like, piss people off too. Like that's part of no, the that's, game. No, like like I said at the beginning of the show, I hated the beginning of that Royal Rumble because okay, they're just going to let Brock Lesnar win. Oh, okay, right. it was to yeah. set up all this other stuff. Like yeah. you got to stick around for the whole story. You don't know everything after the yeah. <laughs> the first reveal and. Uh, yeah, that I I just thought uh, Apex Legends was gonna keep on keeping on and be fine. It'd be do what it was doing, but hey, they uh, got everybody's attention. So that's I actually cool. like this one more than the black hole. Like I thought the black hole was like a good gimmick and it got mm-hmm. a lot of attention because mm-hmm. like oh they took down their million dollar making game for you know however many days and like I'm like yeah that's like it's cool that they can do that because they're in such a position of dominance that they are able to pull that off and be like yeah well we'll spend X amount of dollars of capital by not having the game up, you know, in order to pull off the stunt to raise awareness. But like, I just kind of like that apex was just like, no, we're going to like, let's get in some weird story stuff. And I'm like, yeah, weird story stuff is like, that'll bring me back. Like that'll start getting me interested. More pro wrestling in games is platform marketing. I'm all, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, also side note, Fortnite's working on changing their physics engine. Ooh, so whenever they pull that update, I'm guessing they're going to do something like the black hole, pull the plug type scenario to, yeah, because that sounds Reset. like a huge undertaking. But yeah, because, yeah, that uh, that game was never really meant to be <laughs> PvP, in my opinion, as far as this, a lot of the other systems are. Anyway, um, I got excited about this Ubisoft story. You want to take it or you want me to kick it off? Uh, yeah, so Ubisoft has decided that after... Ghost Recon Breakpoint did poorly and uh, a lot of the feedback at least that Ubisoft saw was that because it was so close to Division 2 and they were so close both in when it came out but also in content, story, etc. Play with your friends. uh, (laughs) Get a squad together. (laughs) uh, That they needed to they needed to shake up their editorial staff. They needed to get some, some different voices um, promoted towards the top or at least given, I think the word they use was more autonomy um, to go out there and kind of, I think, I think the goal is to really focus on some of those core um, brands that they have. So like Assassin's Creed, um, the division ghost recon Mm -hmm. um, for honor uh, and make them more distinct because everything was starting to kind of like meld together in this amorphous ubi blob, and uh, yeah, I did it. We all felt it. We all kind of just knew, like, yeah, this is these are all starting to look the same, feel the same. Stories are all kind of the same. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was uh, especially just on the clant side because we. The clan side was the we, worst. We joked like we joked about like if if Breakpoint had taken off, like you looked at the, you know, the season not the, the you looked at the content roadmap for that game after launch compared to the Division Two, and it's just like if these are both great, when am I going to play either one? Like because it, it they scratch such a similar itch, and it, the the difference was M- like MMO versus not MMO. Like as far yeah. as you're it's still a squad based co-op game. Cause that's what right. the division two is when you're not paying attention to other players. Um, but then if you go, you go back, you know, and you know, everything kind of branching off of 
uh, Assassin's Creed systems and uh, Watch Dogs needing to really define itself away from that. Like, I, I think they do need to figure out what each of these games does well and make sure they stand out in that regard. And I don't think even just feature set or appearance or style, those all do need to stand apart, but like they need to make sure like that, uh, the the content's not overlapping because there's there's only so many players in so many games like you can't you can't release a hundred a hundred hour con uh, contents of Assassin's Creed six months after you do the same thing for Watch Dogs like they're right. just they're gonna eat each other alive and then try to sprinkle in a Far Cry in the middle of that right. so right it's I hope they're approaching it from from both sides yeah I mean like. They, they are in the unfortunate position where competitors like EA and Activision can kind of spread it out over vast different genres. So like EA can sit off and let FIFA pull in just stupid amounts of money for them while also putting out a shooter in um, which one's theirs? There's is the uh, Battlefield franchise. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so they, they can spread things around. And like it just feels like, like Ui's like gotten like so like focused in on like it's all open world, mm-hmm. it's all action combat, and do they? There's do, you know do, the same kind of strife that's happening in every single story, and you just like yeah, it's like I don't play For Honor because I play Assassin's Creed, and why would I like why would I play the same game? Like yeah, they like, kinda, they just didn't do a good job of differentiating on those. And they might just need, they kind of need that that moneymaker out there. They don't have, you know, they don't have a FIFA or a big subscription game out there that is just driving wish in Dance revenue. Dance was that. Right? That's <laughs> the closest thing they've got. But <laughs> um, but anyway, this this seemed like, you know, at least Ubisoft's out there kind of recognizing their their weaknesses and kind of shoring that up. And hopefully we uh, see the see the fruits of that labor uh, next console generation. And, or at least like the next batch of Clancy games at minimum. Like what, yeah. what what this all says to me is Ghost Recon needs to like redefine how it is different than the other Clancy games or you don't need one. Like yeah, you know, bring back Splinter Cell. Uh, but that's a separate topic. But that's even the fear of Splinter Cell. It's like if Splinter Cell came up and I'm like, it's a squad base. Like, what are you doing? This is yeah. not, this is not it. We yeah. thought that's what they were going to do with Breakpoint. They're all like, it's all yeah. about stealth combat yeah. and like, it's gritty. And it's like, nope, it's none of those things. Just but, kidding. But also at the same time, I was like, that's not what people liked about Wildlands. That's not why that game had legs. So you didn't no. do either. You didn't. No. I mean, they could have just made a fucking silly open world game because they have they they need that. They don't really have that. I mean, that's the thing is, um, what's uh, what squares off the wall open world? Isn't it square? Who am I, I thinking know. of? Saints Row? No, 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 not Saints Row. Um, Grand Theft the Auto. Big, <laughs> no, the big explosions and like planes. Just and, cause like, that's square. Just cause. Thank yeah. you. There yeah. he goes. Aaron got it too. Damn. They they on need, the delay. That's what Ghost Recon needs to be, like a good, like a really good version of Just Cause. Mm. Yep. Go go crazy with it. That's kind of what I thought they would do, because Wildlands, Wildlands was yeah. kind of that. Just give them a wingsuit and make everything blow up. Um, all right. Start to wind down with the hype train. Uh, as far as new releases and discoveries, um, I just kind of noticed a couple... Uh, kind of retro shooters that came out last year. And I think, I think this other one came out this year, but uh, that I 
overlooked and want to revisit uh, a medieval, which is kind of like in the hex and heretic style of oh. retro shooters uh, nice. that popped back up uh, recently on a on a review or something. And then another similar uh, one is called Wrath. So I'm meaning to check those out. And then did you see the trailer I posted for Captain Tsubasa? Soon. No. Uh, Rise of New Champions. What this is, is we are not getting Mario Strikers anytime soon. So here's an anime-ass soccer game. Okay, I'm watching it. Live it reactions right here. <laughs> I actually don't really know what the gameplay looks like, but... I don't know. I'm a big fan of Sega Soccer Slam and having ridiculous characters play soccer and for like the game to pause and, you know, have super powered shots and and overdo everything. Uh, I don't think this is completely my flavor, but I'll... I'll... It's a very dramatic walkout to the pitch. (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah, I will take a different flavor of soccer, though. I also enjoyed that it mainly (laughs) features the... The uh, the Japanese World Cup team, or the Japanese national team. I recognize their uniforms now. This is like playing like Dragon Ball Z soccer. Uh huh. (laughs) I I would try it. Or a fighting game. (laughs) Oh my gosh, he just like wing swept that guy's legs out. This looks yeah. I would definitely give this a go uh, because it looks it looks hilarious but no i don't think this is our strikers that we were okay. hoping for but yeah release that's my cool. strikers that's that's all that matters um you have an interesting game on your hype train uh what's happening so i was sitting watching the final run final round uh, <laughs> as i was talking about earlier today my daughter was sitting there watching it with me and actually enjoying it which i was mm. absolutely shocked about because she usually does not enjoy watching a whole lot of sports and she just out of the blue is like do you still have that golfing game on playstation i'm like are you talking about everybody's golf and she's like yeah can we play that and i was like oh yes we can (laughs) so we're gonna we're gonna install some everybody's golf and fire that sucker up because that game's fantastic i wonder how uh that online is holding up these days Oof, i have no idea Uh, a couple Late January releases, uh, I pre-ordered Warcraft 3 Reforged, which comes out this week. Um, excited to try that out. I have a lot of uh, nostalgia for Warcraft 3. Curious to see if anybody else plays it. If we get that one round of terrible, uh, we all suck at RTS games moments, uh, <laughs> I'd be down for that. And then, curious about the bigger new release this week, uh, Journey to the Savage Planet. Uh, which looks much more adventury and kind of kooky and kind of weird. And I'm up for weird and it's supposed to be like a 12 hour game. So um, probably give that gooey game a shot. Um, that's it for the night force this week. Uh, thanks everybody for hanging out. We hope you're enjoying all the games of the year podcasts and stay tuned for the five plus hours of Grimmy's deliberations coming your way this week. It's all in the same podcast feed. Uh, support us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Ryan and I will be back again next week. We'll see you then.